Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee and this is the Autosport Podcast. Recording this one at a rather wet Silverstone circuit today as we look forward to some of the uh, championships we can keep an eye on in 2023 and maybe even some of them will be racing here. I don't know. Let's find out. First on the podcast today, our group national editor, Stephen Licorice. Uh, This is going to be an interesting one for our listeners to find out what they could be watching this year. Yes, we thought we'd sort of give everyone a bit of a snapshot of what's new in the world of national motorsport this year. Obviously, there's dozens of different championships out there for people to take part in, but each year there's a selection of new ones as well. This year, we've got around about a dozen new championships and series being launched. They cover a wide range of different categories, so we'll discuss some of the, the sort of merits of those on today's podcast. And our second guest, our chief editor, Kevin Turner, always happy to chip in with uh, some motorsport you're going to be watching this year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, this is very much uh, Stephen's uh, bag. He works very hard to keep track of an ever-increasing number of series and championships. Uh, I remember from when I was national editor, it was it was hard going, but I think he's got <laughs> he's got even more since I was doing it. So, yeah, no fair play. Let's kick off with one that is due to actually begin here at, at Silverstone. It's the Brickcar Prototype Cup. Some of these championships might seem quite familiar to regular followers of, of club motorsport because they're sort of variations on what's run before. And that's certainly the case with Brickcar's Prototype Cup. This is in effect replacing what was a single mate Prada Cup category for just for prototypes. They're now going to be one of the main classes within this new category. It's also going to be open to a range of other prototypes, for example, LMP3 machines. Brickcar themselves have also in the past run a prototype series, but they're confident that this one will work better because the last one didn't last for very long because it's got this Prada Cup basis to it. So it makes a lot of sense, really, because there wasn't really enough Pradas to justify a single 
championship for them. So let's combine it together with a, a few other cars and it's got the potential to work better in this format, I think. Yeah, I remember when uh, the, uh, the, the last time or the first time that Brit Car tried to launch a prototype thing, I remember getting very excited. I think we put it on the national opener, actually, uh, and it was going to have like Parker LMP like only a few years old Le Mans type cars which obviously is very exciting makes for cool pictures but in real terms obviously it's you know it's quite there's not that many of them out there quite expensive to run etc cetera, etc cetera. this this is you know this is a much more pragmatic pragmatic sensible thing um and I, yeah LMP3 it's it's a good category um we don't perhaps see it enough in this country so i kind of hope it it kind of you know helps bolster this grid and perhaps you know we we get to see those cars those cars a bit more what kind of cars uh, can people see racing in terms of what's the technology inside these cars? What kind of lap times will they be doing? What kind of performance will they deliver? Getting towards the quickest end of what's taking part in club motorsport in the UK. The Pradas on a par to top GT3 times, depending on the circuit. They are quite spectacular to watch. And these cars obviously are, are sort of s- slimmed down versions of what you might see competing in the sort of LMP2 class of Le Mans, for example, the World Endurance Championship. Depending on how many there are on the grid, it could make for some some interesting racing this year. Yeah, just to add to that, the the LMP3 cars are quicker than you know quicker than GT3 cars, and obviously racing in Europe around around well around the world, in fact, um, and they've got five point six liter V8. So we're although they're the baby class of international sports car racing, they're still pretty quick. They make a nice sound as well. They're quite they're quite roarty. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if this is the... It says provisional uh, dates and race format. Uh, kicking off at uh, Silverstone, where we are today, uh, this weekend, 25th, 26th, uh, two 25-minute sessions and one 50-minute. Is that the race format that's been agreed? Because it still says yes. provisional on the page that I'm on. I think, that, I think given uh, how th- quickly things can change in, in the world of motorsport... <laughs> Provisional is a word that is often found on on the on the websites and, and various different documents. But but yeah, that is, that is the the format as far as I'm aware. That, Excellent. That, that will be used. Okay. Moving on from prototypes, some of the other categories that are sort of variations of championships that have run before, and another one is very different to prototype. And it's for minis, and this is for the modern minis. We're not talking about the the sort of classic minis, and it's the Mini Challenge Club Sport Series. In the last few years, the Mini Challenge has formed a part of the British Touring Car Championship support package. Top tier class, the JCWs, have been at the majority of those rounds. And sometimes the the Cooper class, the the next one down, have been at some of those events as well. Years gone by, there's also been a third Mini class. That sort of fell away during the pandemic. But now they've decided it's the right time to launch this again, in effect. And there's been quite a lot of interest in this. And this is open to some of the the same cars that are eligible for the the Cooper class, but it's at a lower cross points. It's not including the touring car events. It's, and it's not that it's more of a club level rather than a a championship that's sort of bordering on the the top end of of national motorsport. And it will also be open to the Cooper S machinery as well, which didn't previously have a specific mini championship for it. Again, this is something that's worked in the past before so there's there's no reason why it can't be popular again and it's 
one of those championships where it does make sense to, to have this at a lower level, particularly given the changes with the mini challenge moving up to a high profile. What sort of entry are we expecting? Because I know you said in the piece that you did for the magazine back in January, you said there were 40 competitors expressed an interest. How many? How much of those? Well, that, that's to always the... Cars on an entry. That, that's always the big question, isn't it? Because we've seen this time and time again when championships launch... Uh, when organisers launch new championships, they say, oh, there's a huge amount of interest easy for someone to say they're interested but it's quite something else for them to actually commit to the championship and ultimately even if they register for it until they you actually get to that race weekend and you see how many cars there are on the entry list it's impossible to know quite how successful it is so as will be the case with a lot of these championships that we'll discuss only time will truly tell quite how successful they, they end up being. And what kind of drivers can we expect on the grid for a series like this? Any any young drivers on their way up or or who's going to be entering this kind of championship? Well, this particular one will be more aimed at the, the true sort of clubman racer. So perhaps someone that's wanting to, perhaps always had an interest in minis, wanting to go racing in a sort of competitive one-mate championship but without the cost without the expectations that come with racing up further up the the ladder so it could be someone who's just starting out on their uh, Mm. motorsport career or the motorsport journey or it could just be that more of an amateur driver that doesn't necessarily have aspirations to to move further up so it it could be a bit of a mix of of those okay and it'll be interesting to to see who who turns (laughs) up for this one (laughs) absolutely what's next Next up, we've got. I'll just continue on the the sort of theme of variations on existing championships. And Janetta is another manufacturer that's obviously been a huge part of uh, UK club motorsport, national motorsport over the past decades, really. And this for this year, they've tweaked their array of championships a little. So Janetta Junior has moved across to the British GT support bill where it's joining the Genetta GT Academy, and they're going to have a third championship now, which is called the Genetta GT Championship, which (laughs) sounds a bit confusing. What's the difference between all of them? Well, this one basically features GT5 cars that previously had their own championship, but have now been merged into this new series, alongside what is designed to be a step between the GT Academy, which is their entry-level point for new drivers coming down to... Genetta racing scene a gap a difference between the G56 that's found in that category and the full fat GT4 G56 so it's a sort of intermediate point on the ladder and again this will be racing at British GT events um, not hasn't been a huge interest necessarily on the in the G56 side of things because it is a bit similar to some of the other offerings but GT5 has been well established as a, a sort of popular series with the old G- G40 so that could well be uh, perhaps more of those on this grid than the G56s. It feels a little bit like the G56s are there because they launched a new car for the GT4 Super Cup and then they've stopped the GT4 Super Cup and went, uh, yeah we'll give you somewhere to race because really the GT5 Challenge or whatever it was called most recently would it's been pretty strong overall. Yes. It's been one of the better yeah. club series. So, yeah, I think the GT5, the G40s make a lot of sense. Um, I'd be interested to see if the G56 thing really kind of works. I think the other big question mark over Janetta is that is uh, it's quite a bold move to leave the Toker package yeah, and go no, on to Br- British GT. And I think it's been a mix. I mean, you've probably spoken to more people, Stephen. I feel that's a very 
it's quite a risky move because people like being on the Toker package. Mm. The Toker package liked having Janetta Juni there. Like quite often, the spectators would come back for the Janetta Juni. Obviously, everyone's there for soaring cars. Yeah. And Janetta Juni would be the other one. They go, oh, we're going to go and have a look at these because some of the racing was fantastic. So I hope that that continues, even though it's now away from. Yeah, it might be a bit more difficult for them to get sponsors. I don't know. Yeah, and, and that is the thing because of the. It's not just the huge trackside audiences that at BCC events. Obviously, it's got the the terrestrial terrestrial TV coverage where it is open to huge numbers of people um, and that is just perfect for sponsors so there has been a, a sort of noticeable some drivers that have been progressing up the Janetta ladder have noticeably switched directions to other manufacturers and have actually specifically said that is one of the reasons is because Janetta is no longer on the BTCC package so it is having an impact how much of an impact it has. Again, go back to what I said, yeah. said earlier. Yeah. We will know in due course, but it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Because as Kev said, it, it, is, a, it is a gamble. And, and how much of that, in terms of that broadcast coverage, is... Um, for for like for say for the the juniors, you know, you've got 14-year-olds, 17-year-olds uh, driving. Uh, amazing racing. But how much of that can now be sought in places where those age of drivers are spending their time which is on youtube and social media and other places how much of that content can be found there versus maybe where we used we know where we watch motorsport which is turned on the tv you know the, the, their screen sizes are smaller because that's how they consume all media yeah no it's an interesting point and that's one of the arguments they've janessa has made for the fact that they have moved away from toka because the British gt events are live streamed whereas toka isn't mm for the, the Saturday races that aren't shown on, on ITV. So that is that actually means now they get more coverage because all of their races will be live, albeit not on the TV, getting the traditional audience. So it, it swings and roundabouts, and it, it depends what the sponsors ultimately, what they're looking for. Do they want to be seen in front of a smaller number of people, perhaps dedicated on a live stream, or a wider audience possibly on, on TV? And again, it's sort of weighing up those two. We shall see how how that plays out. Okay, what's next? Speaking of touring cars, let's talk about one of the championships that's going to be guesting and replacing Janetta's on on the bill. And that is the Legends Elite Cup. Now, this is a variation on the existing Legends Championship. It's basically a three-round championship made up of the three events where the Legends are on the BCCC bill. For those of you who haven't seen the Legends, they're these sort of little mini American style. I don't really. What, what you describe them? They're it's sort of sort scaled of, down thirties and forties American. These are like these are a guilty pleasure. Like there's no. No, I love that. <laughs> so this is like the the one hit wonder from the eighties that everyone says they hate, but actually you secretly go and play it. It's Legends is a bit like that. It's like the cars aren't attractive. They're not sophisticated particularly. Uh, and you think, oh, come on. And then you look at the racing, you just can't help but smile and enjoy it. Five-eighths scale. Five-eighths. Five-eighths based on pre-war Ford, Chevy and Dodge bodies. Because they are dinky, they look quick. They, look, they dart places. Yeah, yes. and the racing's good. They don't fill up too much of the road. They have this the weird grist system where you start the front, you start the back. A bit like karting. Yeah. So you get it all mixed up. Uh, the good drivers still come through and, and, and win, so you still get to see some talented people. Uh, it's one of those things where if so, if you're sat in a room like this and someone presented the idea to you, you go, 
Yeah. No. <laughs> what have you been no. eating or drinking? And then, but actually, it works. So yeah, I, I think it'd be a good addition. Yeah. No. It always has good grids. There's always a twenty-five, thirty of these cars out there, and it should be spectacular to watch. Quick guys coming through from the back. Perfect sort of replacement for Janetta Jr. in that sense, in terms of an action-packed series for sort of smaller cars that can race closely on, on the UK circuits. And drivers share cars as well, so you don't have to have the biggest budget to go racing, or you can, you know, have an entry where you've got a couple of drivers. Usually it's it's one driver per car, but on a normal weekend there's six Legends races, so it's quite easy for two people to share a car like one does three races and the other does the other three. Okay, so it's Legends Cars Elite Cup. That's on BTCC calendar. Three of those events. And then there's the Legend Cars Championship on the MRF Tires calendar, which is four events. And this new Elite Cup, what format will that those weekends take? So it will actually be the same. There will be six races per weekend. Brilliant. So I love six it. chances for the very <laughs> short races. Short races, action-packed perfect for when you're watching trackside because long races don't always work as well when you're when you're at the venue yeah. so what's not to like i think that's the <laughs> the overriding message here on these so absolutely i love these as, as kev said guilty pleasure i wouldn't even call them that i think they're just absolutely brilliant uh, to uh, to watch and they do put a lot of their stuff online which in fairness is where i see more of the legends racing there's normally a bit of an edit on them so they'll do they shorten it a little bit but it's still very good and it's a good it's a good team that put all that together as a way of enjoying it you know when you're ready to stream it okay so what's next one of the final ones of a variation of existing championship and that is the 116 sprint trophy because that's a variation of the 116 endurance series so fairly the name is a bit of a giveaway there this has been a tremendously popular series from the 750 motor club which has previously been sort of hour and a half sometimes two hours endurance races for bmw 116 models but they're now doing a sprint version of that which has also been very popular the first round has got at least 30 uh, cars entered for it and as part of that grid they're also introducing a new category called the 120 cup coupe cup which again <laughs> does what it says on the tin it's for one bmw 120 coupes um so that that will be a, a a newer product that's something newer yet to see how much that will take off that need a bit of time but it's run by the same people that have proved very successful with the 116s so there's every reason why that should are they sharing a grid? The sprint the, ones are, yeah. The sprint and the yeah. 120s. Other sort of new categories that are being launched. One of the sort of cars that there's plenty of places to race for in the UK is the Mazda MX-5. There, <laughs> there's no shortage of championships, whether it's dedicated Mazda categories or much wider uh, sort of all-comer type championships. There's plenty. But there's another one for this year. It's the, the Miata Trophy from... Are the very successful team of Motorsport Vision Track Days racing. And they've culled their Turismo X series, which didn't really work last year. And instead, they've decided that they've got a growing number of MX-5s on their Track Day championship grid. They've decided to create a, a series for those. This one's for, unlike most of the other Mazda series, which are specific for either Mark 1s or Mark 3s. This is for Mark 1s and Mark 3s. Um, so 
there's so many of these cars out there racing. So on the surface, it might be like, oh, this is another championship for Mazdas. But equally, there's not a shortage of Mazda drivers out there. So it could still find a place within the national motorsport scene. What do you think? You're looking forward to seeing more Mazdas <laughs> care of racing? Um, (laughs) I know they are very good cars and one make series like that are good for developing a driver I would suggest that they're not they wouldn't be top of my list in terms of spectator viewing and I I, I can't believe that there's another (laughs) MX-5 I mean you know MSVR know what they're doing uh, and you know if they think there's a market there as long as they're not pinching from oh I suppose if you can arrange your date so that you don't clash people could could do multiple and maybe someone will go for the all sport rankings victory (laughs) in 2020 by racing the MX-5 I mean they could almost get together and have a NASCAR style 36 race schedule I expect there's a weekend schedule but uh, yeah I think I think that one is we definitely don't need it, but if it feels grids, it kind of justifies its existence, doesn't it? Absolutely. And just having a look here uh, on the MSV website, uh, first one is a brand's a little way off, actually, about 40 days away as we're recording this. It doesn't happen to the end of April, but the, the entry fees are really affordable. I think, I guess that's the point, isn't it, with, with a series like this? The entry fees are so, so achievable for the average person. Well, that's the thing. It's designed to be that, that sort of entry point yeah. into into sort of club motorsport so you don't want to be putting barriers up for people and motorsport vision track days do a brilliant job of introducing people to motorsport whereas they've perhaps previously been just taking part in track days um they've now because it's the same team of people they can introduce them into a championship that they run and it's worked really well dozens and dozens of drivers have been introduced uh, using their championships over the, the past sort of decade or more. And there's no reason why th- this latest edition can't help um, help improve that. And they'll be racing alongside, oh, Radicals, which is what we've been seeing here <laughs> today uh, as, uh, as we've been recording a, a few podcasts actually over the last couple of hours here um, at Silverstone alongside things like the Focus Cup and uh, the, uh, the 911s and the Boxsters as well. It'll be interesting to go and uh, go and see that. First one is going to be, yeah, like I said, at, uh, at Brands at the end of, of April. Um, okay, what's next? Well, something, a sports car that's a little bit quicker than a, than a Mazda, and let's move to Ferraris. So not okay. not necessarily what you think of when it comes to UK club motorsport. Is the entry fee 300 quid? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Funnily enough, this is designed to be a, a more affordable way of going racing in your Ferrari okay. than, than okay. some other options that are out there. Um, because it's, it's, design, it's the Bell Sport Challenge, which is run by the Ferrari specialists, Bell Sport and Classic, designed to be just single-day events so that it reduces the commitment needed from a driver in terms of time, travelling, it's your weekends, don't necessarily want to be spending the whole weekend away from home. So that's the, the sort of thinking behind it. And the idea is that there'll be a sort of quite a strong community with hospitality, etc., etc., in the paddock. Um, and this is open to more modern Ferraris than some of the... Uh, Ferrari categories. It's for paddle shift Ferraris, which ranges from the 360 up to the, not necessarily the latest evolution of the 488s, but 488s should be should be a part of this one. And now this is obviously, whereas before we were talking about MX-5s being <laughs> budget and there's plenty of them out there, this is obviously 
by its nature a bit more exclusive so it'll be interesting to see what the sort of take up is on this one but given that Bell Sport Classic got a, a sort of Ferrari uh, sort of network of customers already they're the absolute the right people to be to be doing this and they've got a partnership with MSVR there's going to be a race on the Brands Grand Prix circuit things like that will be popular I imagine what's happened because obviously I mean GT racing in this country is having a bit of a boom at the moment it's got British GT very strong grid GT Cup brick car we've sort of touched upon so really there are plenty of places to go and race but I suspect I'm maybe putting two and two together they've had customer feedback which is we'd like a self-contained thing where you look after us and we don't have to go to you know big teams or spend lots of yeah we want a one-day thing that you kind of organize and so it's almost almost that halfway house it feels like between a an organized track day with a manufacturer and a full-on race championship I might be wrong about that, but it feels that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's a, it's almost it's almost catering to a different market, really. Yeah, it feels like where the owners' club has gone. Yeah. Actually, we've got enough people in the owners' club that want to do a certain thing. Let's go do yeah, that. I mean, what we would do on Forza or Gran Turismo or whatever, they've yeah. got the kit to <laughs> go, <laughs> go and race the Ferrari okay. on Saturday. Brilliant. Yeah, sure. I'd love to do that. Nice. All right. Okay, what's next? So rounding off the the sort of championships and series that are variations on existing ones that are already out there is the racing Hondas championship. So again, <laughs> there's quite a few, um, quite a few Honda categories out there. Right. And this one is run by club time attack, which did briefly look after the civic cup, but that's now switched back to the BRSEC. So, uh, club time attack are now launching their own championship for, a wider range of different Hondas than than some of the, the some of the existing categories that are quite specific as to which which cars are eligible. Um, now, the, this is a little bit odd because it appears at time attack meetings, which aren't the traditional circuit racing events. It's all about against the clock. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see how quite how successful this will be because this will be the only true circuit racing category at those events so it will be sort of on its own so to speak so it'd be interesting to see quite how much interest there is but having said that it's obviously it's quite a broad base of cars that can take part so again it's another one as we sort of discussed before where there's there could be potential for quite a few people to get involved it's a qualifying session stretched over an entire day isn't it there you go <laughs> I'm not necessarily decrying that. I mean, it saves you on damage bills, presumably. And some of the pieces of kit that at the top end class are phenomenally quick and powerful. Yeah, it wouldn't. It's not really my my bag because I like to see wheel to wheel racing and and that, and that sort of thing. If you're going to go on, out on something on your own, I want it to be on a rally stage between lampposts and and bridges and houses and things. Yeah, you know, rallying that's fine. It's another entry into motorsport, though, really. So we should. Yeah, should em- embrace these things, uh, and it's quite nice that they've got a little bit of a race element on their own meetings. You know, maybe the maybe we're all gradually moving to a point where we're sort of. I mean, we we haven't traditionally covered, you know, the time attack stuff because that's also been attached to drifting, which we also don't because you've got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, if if the magazine, for example, if we covered everything that you could technically describe as motorsport, it would be the size of the Bible every week, and we'd never get it done. It'd probably be come out once every three months so you have to draw the line somewhere yeah these kind of tuned cars not to get all 90s on you it feels a bit max power 
Oh, Max Power, yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Uh, if that yeah, makes it, sense. It does a little bit. You know. but, I mean, you know, it's it's another, It's a di- again, it's another different market, isn't it? So, yeah. you know, it's easy to sort of kind of go, oh, that's 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 not for us, that's not traditional. But, you know, if it brings a few more people into into motorsport, then, you know, fair enough. Um, we've, we've had colleagues in the past that have been into drifting. And I said, but if you've got a car control and you're spending this amount of money on a car, why, why, why don't you go racing? We just, <laughs> just couldn't quite yeah. make the link. Yeah, we just couldn't the, quite yeah. join up, but. Uh, you know, it's high, it's highly professional now at the top end. So, like anything else, so uh, yeah, it's interesting that they've added that on. I mean, they've, they're kind of spreading their neck nice and wide, aren't they? VTEC Hondas, <laughs> yeah. uh, presumably a Super T X Super T thousand Honda Accord wouldn't be allowed to rock up. <laughs> um, I remember when they launched the Nippon Challenge. They launched it here actually, yeah. And they did a big old thing. I was a bit naughty really. They did a big old thing. It's like any Japanese car ever could be. So I, I went up to them and asked, could somebody come in a Group C, Nissan, <laughs> X Mark Blundell, Le Mans pole sitting car. Um, uh, well, uh, we'd look at it. <laughs> so it's not no. really what you meant, is it? No, it's not what you meant. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry, that was a bit of a that's tangent right. there. Um, so what's um, so that's a, a a variation on what we've had uh, up until now. What's what else is brand new? An interesting idea from the BRSCC in terms of a way of launching new championships, actually, because. One of the, the sort of difficulties that organisers have when they have got a new idea, whatever it is, is how to introduce that. Do you go all out and give it six events, standalone grids? It's a bit of financial risk. Do you make it, sort of share it with another grid to sort of similar-ish cars to sort of reduce that initial outlay if it doesn't prove a hit and then you can expand it from there but what the BRCC have done for this year is introduce something called the Evolution Trophy which is designed to be a bit of a proving ground for new categories that they're they're launching or other sort of smaller categories that don't really have a home can't really justify their own grid but they've still got a, a sort of group of people taking part so for this first year there's due to be sort of four main elements of it so to speak and some of them are looking really quite popular. For example, Cook Sport, which is the operation set up by BCCC frontrunner Josh Cook, they're launching a Renault Cup for various different Clio and Milan models. And that's going to be a part of this series, but there's been a lot of interest in that. And <laughs> that's the danger of going down this route, is you might find that there's actually too much interest already and you've got f- more entries than then you can actually have space for. But that's due to be one element of this. Also, the classic VW Cup, which has sort of moved around different clubs in recent years, that's going to be a part of this. And then there's also two uh, new championships that BRCC have been sort of working on behind the scenes for a couple of years. One of them is for BMW 1 Series Super Cup, which we've, we've talked about 1 Series, how they've been popular before. And the other is for Mark Four versions of the Mazda MX-5. Not really seen a huge number of the Mark, the newer Mark Four ones racing. So those are all due to be sort of merged together on one grid, where whereby organisers can see how much interest there is and think, actually, you know what, Series X, yeah, that's going to be. It's got enough interest there. It, we can give it a, a full standalone grid next year. Um, so I think it, it makes a lot of sense to me. 
But the only problem is, if you've got too much interest in all of those different elements, then suddenly you've undermined the, the concept by going the other way. Yeah. But it's, it's a really intriguing idea, I think, and it, it's, it seems a much better way, rather than introducing the series, it's got six cars, it's terrible for <laughs> spectators, terrible for those taking part. Why not have them as part of a much bigger grid while they build that interest up? Yeah, it's quite a sensible move, isn't it? It's quite quite logical. I mean, I, I, I've covered uh, a few, handful of races over the years that have had four cars starting. Uh, I think one of them had two finishes, and it's um, it's not exciting. No. And I can't imagine it's much fun for the... Because the likelihood of you having someone that you're evenly matched with in a field of four mm. is low, whereas obviously if you get one of these that's particularly quick in their effective their class, they might perhaps be racing somewhere in the midfield of the other one. So I think, you know, that obviously the, the problem that Stephen's pointed out aside, it's quite logical. I think Evolution Trophy is quite a good name for it. I think that's quite clever as well, given that also they want these series to evolve into standalone championships. I think that's quite quite good. There's a few more to go, and one of them is another for a brand new car, which is the MK Cup 200. And that is a new category being launched by the 750 Motor Club. Initially, it's going to form part of the Sports 1000 championship but it's for cars Caterham style but they're a bit more than that they're a bit faster the club already has low cost and Mazda low cost now this is the next step up from that if you wanted to keep in that sort of kit car type environment but this is going to be a bit faster still so it's going to have a 1.3 litre uh, Hayabusa engine six-speed sequential gearbox it's quite a proper bit of kit um and there's there's been considering this is a completely new sort of concept that's been launched by um rlm racing and uh, its sort of sister company atomic it's it's an interesting idea and it'll be good interesting to see if it can build up to be that next step for all these drivers that are in the low cost and the Mazda low cost series there's a lot of interest out there can they then progress onto this or is it a step too far for them is there actually are they quite happy doing what they're yeah. they've already been doing so again this is goes back to the, the point we we're making before they've combined it with sports 1000 so it's not going to be on a, a standalone grid to begin with so you can judge how much interest there is Cool. Okay, what's next? Is the Audi TT Cup Racing Series from the BRSCC. Mm. So this is open for Mark II 2-litre models of the Audi TT. And it has proved a real hit already because in terms of the the sort of conversion kits that SW Motorsports, the, the sort of company behind the series, have produced, over 40 of these have been sold already. And it's likely that there'll be sort of 20... 25 cars at the first round which for a completely new category is really really encouraging and there's the potential for this to really grow into something quite huge and it's because it it seems to be hitting that 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 sort of middle ground it's a a step up from some of the more basic entry level categories but it's still really cheap because it's still under twelve thousand pounds which for a car of that performance is a very reasonable price tag um, and it seems to be sort of borne out by the amount of interest that's been so far. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, former Audi TT owner 
here. Only the baby one, because there's two engine sizes. Um, and I, I never drove it quickly anyway, because I drive cars very quickly. Um, but a super fun car that makes me smile, whether it's driving one or, or watching them race. So, um, yeah, really interesting. And what's last up? Well, this is something very new, something we've not had in club motorsport before, and that's whether what whether you're <laughs> a fan of it or not, it's an electric category, a fully electric category. This one is from the BRCC, and it's Formula Foundation E, which is for a, a it's a, based around a single seater. So it's a bespoke machine created by RSR technology, and it is powered by electricity. So it's something that's very different to anything we've had before and therefore it's not going to be the, the sort of work of a moment this is not necessarily going to grow and be a an enormous hit right from day one and it's understandable that it's been launched on a sort of fairly cautious basis there's they're not going to suddenly give it a whole load of track time this year when there's still got to do a lot of work on building that interest and actually creating the cars themselves because they are all <laughs> brand new. There's not a whole load of cars out there that you can convert for this. Um, so it'd be really, really interesting to see how it takes off. The trouble is these cars at this moment in time are still enormously expensive compared to an equivalent single-seater with a, a petrol-powered engine. And that's going to be a stumbling block is particularly in these times of rising prices and people not having the, the sort of disposable income. And who knows if it's going to work or not? At the moment, it's far too early to say, but I have to say kudos to the BRCC for trying it because it's about time that someone sort of put, put their head above the, the parapet and went for it and said, you know what, let's give it a go. Let's see if we can introduce it electric series into club oh, most I, I was going to say exactly the same thing even if this doesn't work out this time like we, we're going to get there we're going to have to have whether, whether people like you know then i think you know there will be younger generations coming through that don't have the stigma about electric cars because they'll have grown up with electric cars all over the place uh whereas you know we're still in that phase where a lot of most people fans remember you know big loud v8s and all that sort of stuff um which obviously there's still a lot of in club racing and historic racing but in 20, 30 years' time, we are going to be having electric club racing, hybrids. You know, we have to get started somewhere. And obviously, yeah. it's, we're a de- almost a decade into Formula E existing. Hybrids have been, uh, you know, at Le Mans uh, for a long time. Formula One has been hybrid since 2014. So, obviously, it's going to take a while because, as Stephen says, it's expensive, it's complicated. And if you are a club driver, it's uh, you probably think, well, that's a bit... Even if you're not got the stigma about electric, you might go, well, I don't know how to run an electric car. I don't understand how they work. So it's going to take time for this to be added in, but I can't see how we're not, we're not going to be able to carry on just, uh, you know, burning fossil fuels in all these different categories. Even, even if we bring in synthetic fuels, which I think is ultimately what's going to happen, uh, we're going to have a lot of synthetic fueled racing. Uh, you know, Sebastian Vettel showed here in his 1992 Williams, basically went, look, if I can do it with this... Why can't you do it with yours? And it's interesting that circuits are going to have to think differently about their infrastructure because plenty of power, three-phase power, is going to be coming into a race circuit. And goodness knows they've got their own substations and depending on the size of the circuit, etc. But they are not set up for charging one electric car 
let alone a grid's worth. It depends how quickly you want to charge the cars, of course, and how long those races are going to be, whether they're going to be, you know, 15 minutes or 45 minutes. So lots of work to do there. That's the, that's the thing, isn't it? And that that's why we've perhaps seen more initial sort of electric cars appearing in, in other disciplines of, of motorsport, whether it's hill climbs, which are really short, perfectly suited to the a shorter battery life, or rallycross, which again is fairly short races. So it's, un- or, or even rallies themselves, if it's depending on the, the sort of type of venue. So it, it's not going to be the work of a moment. And there's a lot of, Motorsport UK, the governing body have been, sort of working on this how do you introduce EVs into the world of UK motorsport and it's going to be something that t- takes time but this is could well be the starting point for that whether it's the best starting point whether it single seaters is the best mm. avenue to go down for the first one who knows but it'll be interesting to to see how things progress not so much this year, but moving further forward. Yeah. Well, look, that's that's our look at just some of the new things and tweaks that are, that are coming this year. And that's a whole podcast just on what's different this year. Which begs the question, Kev, there's a lot out there now competing. Well, it's, it's kind of frustrating. When you go through a list like this, you kind of think, yeah, I can kind of see why that... Yeah, I can see. Like, we haven't completely damned any of these, have we? We've not gone, this should definitely not be a thing. But when you look at the number of championships and series that already exist, there must be scope for some culling and some efficiencies. And, you know, we've talked before about the German model of, you know, here is your, you know, everyone can go for the tender for two-litre tin top series. Mm. And then people bid for it and then the winner runs the t- and that's it. Like, right. no, you can't just, if you lose the tender, you can't just go, well, I'm now going to run and set up a two-litre tin top series over here because I want to which is what we allow happening in this country. So we have hundreds and... I mean, it must be about 250 championships now, I should imagine. Uh, now, I guess if all of those grids are full and everything's making money and wonderful, then I suppose you'd say, well, that's the right number then. But they're not. Uh, I, I don't know. It always feels like there should be a way of being a bit a bit more streamlined with it. You know, do we need 78 different Mazda MX-5 championships? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, really, I'm not really sure, but... Uh, if they're feeling great, you know, the, I know Motorsport UK, um, uh, or the MSA as it used to be, has always said they don't want to get involved in, comp- you know, in, in competition. They don't, they want to, it's kind of a laissez-faire attitude of, you know, we let the free market do its thing. I think we know in other areas, letting the free market do its thing is not necessarily the best option, but I don't want to get into politics. But yeah, I, I, I don't know what the answer is necessarily, but... I don't know. There's got to be a point where we, we've, we've got to stop adding series and championships. The key question will be is how does club motorsport evolve over the next couple of years? Do so We've had a period where entry numbers after the pandemic went, were really, really strong. Some dipped a bit last year as the sort of cost of living started to bite, but some still continue to grow and were overall still quite really quite strong. Some clubs had their best year for decades. Um, so... Is really what happens next that will then determine do we have to have some sort of cull? Is it the sort of situation where if you want to create a new championship where you're going to have to lose one of your existing championships Mm. and sort of formalise that sort of setup where there's some sort of limit put on it? But as Kev said, it's not an easy answer to to that question, really. So having just said there are too many championships, (laughs) what would be the championship that doesn't exist that you'd like to see in the UK? 
I reckon someone should go and buy all the V8 supercars in Australia that have just been retired because uh, they've got Gen 3 now. Bring them over here. We'll race them. They sound good. Quite like those. Having just said, you know, V8s are archaic and electric's the way to go. Bring them over. We like them. We like them. I think that'd be quite that'd be quite good fun. I was trying to go for a non-historic category because obviously... Yes, I yeah, that get, would be... Don't want to get typecast. Uh, <laughs> Too late yeah, that, for that. That would be my bid for today, but next week I might have a different answer. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll suggest one from the historic route then. Um, this is never going to get huge entries because of the nature of the cast, but last year there was a race at the Donington Historic Festival for Group C cars. There wasn't a huge number of them. Some of them did break down etc etc but there's something about those cars that are incredibly cool and we don't have a a sort of dedicated category for them in the UK there are still some of these cars out there if it was a small number of races per year who'd be interested to to see I mean I'm going to show my age here a bit because I was at Donington Park in 1999 when they had the first pilot race for the Group C historic stuff and it had about four Group C cars in it and it was filled with a you know hodgepodge of sort of GTs and that sort of thing and some of them did did break down but you know it did grow we did have a healthy Group C GTP series uh, I don't know how long ago it would have been now, but ten years ago or whatever. I remember we did a we did a track test with Sam Hancock, and you know they, we, what you could go and see some. I mean Nicholas Manassian here in the XJR14, the Silverson Classic in 2013. I think his lap record was only broken a couple of years ago. Um, uh, so there has been one. I think a lot of those people, you know, they are expensive to run. A lot of those people have jumped across to things like the World Sports Car Masters, which is the next set of exotic quick LMP1. It's not the next generation. Oh, oh, I can get something even faster. And because it's later, it's more reliable. Paddle shift. If you're an amateur driver, you don't have to be worrying about, you know, the Group C cars. So a 956 for its day was easy to drive, but with a modern perspective, it's hard work. So but if I can go and get an older Raker or a Peugeot, some people have got Peugeots or whatever, Pescarolo, oh, it's all it's all a lot easier and, and what have you. So I think it's it's had that moment. But I think Group C is such an iconic era, it wouldn't at all surprise me if it you know, if it came back and at I some think point. MSV have had a, a sort of spell lately where they've created various race events that are th- themed, whether it's Porsches or uh, Festival Italia, you could ha- perhaps have a Group C themed event where you get some of the the, the star drivers back, some cars that aren't going to race but oh. just are on display, and I think that could create a real a real sort of buzz around. Well, even well, you were here, Martin, mm. last last year at the Silston Classic. They had mm. the Group C gathering, didn't they? Oh. Because it was forty years since the well, they thought it was the first Group C race until I pointed out that Monza happened before, but it was the debut of the 956. It was, oh, yeah, that was an that's incredible, what we meant. Incredible gathering. Uh, and right, they had, yeah. I had, yeah, they had loads of 956, 962s. But they also brought along some, yeah, and the, the following of those cars is, you know, people do remember that. You know, we've been talking about the new golden era of sports car racing starting this year with LMDH and MH. Mm. And we, we, what we mean by that is we're throwing back to, Group C really the LMP1 era had some fantastic moments mm-hmm. but I think in a lot of people's minds it's those 80s and 90s Group C cars what about a vehicle that is very very popular in the UK but what's that Ford Transit that goes up the hill at Goodwood every year that's oh the, the super van the super van right how about we create a class of Ford Transits because that's a halfway house between 
It's not quite truck racing. I'd love to see, and it's not a novelty like you know caravan racing, or bus racing. <laughs> <laughs> or, but but I, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a space somewhere for white vans. Also, we know that the fastest vehicles on the roads are white vans. Always a white van. <laughs> Always the thing that come past you, revving their nuts off at 100 miles an hour, aren't they? So, so I think yeah. we I think we need I think somewhere white van series. Right. And I, to take that a step further, I think one thing that we're missing in UK motorsport that has been a feature in decades gone by is celebrity races. Celebrity races in a van. One of the most popular YouTube videos Top Gear did was when uh, Sabine took Richard Hammond around uh, the Nordschleife. Millions of views on, on, on YouTube. People love the idea of vans going fast with a good driver knowing how to drive them. And of course, you know, Sabine was... You know, she was she was the best. She was the best. So there is definitely a novelty factor. But also, you could make them quick, quite affordably. There you go. That's my pitch. Well, it's taking me seriously. We got got quite a nice, uh, quite a nice mix of responses. (laughs) All three of ours on the same bill. I think it'd be brilliant. (laughs) Well, we did do a, a, a few years back. We did an all sports perfect club meeting. Maybe we should resurrect that. Yes. yes, it was a Christmas feature. We'll do, we'll do it again, and we picked I don't know six or eight categories or something, and did a timetable on it. Yeah, perhaps God, we should. We should do a podcast version of that. Get yes. Stephen MacLean as well. Let's do and, that. Uh, yeah, maybe someone like Marcus Pye or Paul Lawrence, someone like that. We'll have a bit old. Mind you, then there'd just be huge arguments about. No, I want this one. <laughs> we'd, have, we'd have to establish the list first. Maybe pick a couple each, and then and then bring it all. together. Together. Yeah, we could do a long list and then whittle it down. All right, we'll do that at the end of the year. Be Maybe get the list right between now and Christmas, listeners. Yeah. Let us know. <laughs> um, email stephen.licorice.com. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, what would your perfect race meeting be? Do we, should we restrict it to categories that actually exist? I Otherwise think so. It, it could get a bit silly, couldn't it? Yeah, I think so. Master bus races. Because <laughs> there was the pickup truck series, the pickups in, yes. not the recent ones, the back in the, was it F Ford F100s or something? Yes. Uh, I was looking I, at a picture I, of those the other day. That's actually. right. Yeah. I, I just missed those, sadly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, as a single mate category, that didn't really do it for me as, as a kid, but, uh, you know, it could be quite fun. Okay. Well, there you go, listener. Uh, tell us, <laughs> tell us, uh, give us your thought, give Stephen your thoughts, and he'll compile them for our Christmas uh, dream lineup. That's our podcast for today. Uh, lots going on this year. If you are going to be following some club motorsport then let us know and let us know what you'll be doing and um what you'll be up to this year you can always email the podcast the email address is podcast at autosport.com thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on the next one sports social podcast network lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.